from Nike's swoosh to Apple's bitten apple, the power of branding and its irresistible pull. We are all familiar with that. If you want to learn about the pull of branding, this is the episode for you. From our point of view, it's not about a hard number. Mm-hmm. It is about how whatever metrics you're using, uh, everything from surveys to web metrics to social metrics, uh, how those numbers, how those metrics grow and change over time. This is Nelson Ho. There is no hard and fast rule where you go, well, this this number means uh, that your brand is established. This number means that um, you know your uh, brand is on solid footing. Mm. It's, it's never the case. It's always changing. It's always evolving. Uh, that's the great thing about industry. It is, you know, uh, you think you're, you know, uh, uh, doing well now. You can always do better in the future. Nelson Ho is the CMO at York and Chapel, a digital house that evolved into a full-service marketing and branding agency in the past 20 years. Yes, 20 years. Nelson has managed his business for the past two decades, employing over 50 people, expanding globally. He's also an expert in UI, UX, design, branding, web development, SEO, SEM, environmental design, motion graphics. These are just to name a few. 20 years working at a world-class agency. I think this should be enough to tell you what kind of immense knowledge you will be getting from this episode. So if you want to create pull in your branding, stay here and listen to the full episode. If you want to learn more about me, go to issuesing.com, I-S-H-U-S-I-N-G-H.com, issuesing.com. You can go there and learn more about me. If you want to learn more about the evolution of this podcast, go to startingtoknow.com, startingtoknow.com. You can go there, learn more about business-related topics. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Nelson to the show. Hi, Nelson. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ishu. Can you Can you give me an overview of York and Chapel and your role a little bit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so York and Chapel was founded uh, 22 years ago. We're going into our 22nd year now. And uh, we're primarily known as a full-service digital agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started out as a more traditional design and communications company. And as kind of the uh, industry evolved and we understood what our clients needed, we uh, evolved in time. And uh, so we kind of expanded our services to include things like social and XM and new technologies such as AR and VR. Mm -hmm. But uh, primarily what we are known for is a marketing agency that leverages technology. I know like a few of the examples are on your website, some or most of them is going to be via NDA. So are there any that we can, we can, we can see, or we can feel with your words? Like, is there any marketing campaign or any ad campaign that you would like to share? Because I'm fascinated (laughs) by the touch of technology. When you mentioned like technologies, I said, okay, I'm going to ask you. Yeah, of course. Uh, So we, again, we've been around for such a long time that we've worked with a pretty wide range of clients and we kind of enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We work uh, a lot with technology clients. Mm -hmm. So that means the companies like, you know, Samsung, uh, Logitech, uh, Cisco, Oracle, all the kind of big 
tech companies, but we also work a lot in banking and uh, you know luxury goods. Uh, some of our clients include um, uh, uh, for luxury goods includes mm. um, like Nautica, like Guess, mm. uh, Hermes, Marc Jacobs. Uh, so we work in in a lot of lux- luxury goods. Food and beverage, real estate. Ooh. So we work with a wide variety of different types of companies, uh, and we really enjoy that. Uh, we really love kind of crossing different things that we learn in, you know, uh, food and beverage with healthcare, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. A huge list. So, like, I know you have exceptional, like, twenty years of experience in branding. So, how does someone go about creating an emotional connection with the audience so we have a very specific branding methodology that we follow mm. uh, and we've used this branding methodology with great success over the last 10 or 15 years and it all starts with having deep understanding of who the client is and what they stand for and what the brand promises so okay. we usually go through an exercise with them that brings in key stakeholders. And so we have, you know, a multi-hour uh, session with them, really kind of asking questions, probing, understanding their history, understanding where they are in the marketplace, and really understanding how, um, how they think and what they are offering to their clients. Um, and through that process, we come up with key pillars of what they stand for and mm-hmm. how they back up each uh, kind of statement that they have. And that is the basis for their brand that is expressed through uh, the written word. It is expressed through visuals. It is, it is expressed through their brand, their logo, colors. Um, it is the thing that makes them unique. It is the thing that uh, makes them uh, stand out in the marketplace. And that is really kind of the point of the spear in terms of all their marketing and communications activities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nelson, can can there be any other ways beyond logo colors to create a unique and differentiated uh, position in the market? Like- oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, uh, brands and logo and the words on the page website that's just mm-hmm. part of a kaleidoscope yeah. of elements it also includes um your uh, customer experience it yeah. also includes uh out of home it also includes every touch point that a the industry or that your clients have with your company needs to be part of that brand and brand promise. If everything doesn't work together, then you know there is uh, a question in the minds of your audience on who you are, what you stand for. And with that uh, cloud, then um, everything is diluted. So do you get involved into the other areas as well? As you mentioned, like customer service, uh, how they're talking. So you get involved there or you're, you start from creating the identity, like logos, colors, text words, like copies, website, things like that. And you mentioned it, like brand is also about customer service. So yes. do, you, do you get involved there as well? Or or maybe like 
not getting involved fully, but at least to tell them like this is gonna gonna be your tonality or tone, like this is what you should be using. Yeah, so it it all depends on each client. Each client, of course, is different. Uh, case, um, you know, in 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 the ideal world, we would help them in all aspects of their brand and brand promise, from um, establishing it all the way to execution. Uh, but it all depends on what they're comfortable with. Um, usually with many of our clients, they have multiple agencies doing multiple things for them, everything from, um, you know, uh, UI, UX to, mm. you know, their social uh, management, um, uh, any type of kind of XM out of home uh, activities. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the capability of doing all of that. And many of our clients look for, our company to help them on a wide variety of different touch points, but it all depends on what they're comfortable with. Um, but the, at the main kind of um, the main thing that we would want to focus on is having consistency. You know, whether we were the company that helps them establish their voice, mm. or we are brought in after that voice has been established, we absolutely want to make sure that that consistency is carried through everything that they do. Um, you know, every, uh, every marketing communication activity um, for the entire year and beyond. And also like candidly speaking. So what is the easiest one? Like if someone has already created some of the identity or they're out there, like which one is easier starting from scratch or starting from modifying what is existing out there? or being done by the company already for the past few years or something like that? I'm not sure which one is easier. I think mm-hmm. each one has its benefits mm-hmm. as well as its uh, um, you know, detractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of if a company has something established, um, it's great to have something to work with and then build off of that. So for example, a company may have a really strong B2C um, brand persona established. Mm. And they want to um, extend that into a more B2B space. You know, we've done that as well, where they go, well, we have a B2B uh, a strategy, or oh, sorry, a B2C strategy, but we need a B2B strategy. So we could take that established brand and see what needs to be modified, massaged, expanded to fit to a B2B audience. Okay. So that's 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 a lot of fun as well because you have already toys in the sandbox to work with, uh, as well as helping a company build something from scratch or helping a company rebuild something um, and and establish something new. That's also fun as well. Um, you know, we you know we've been around long enough so that we've seen um, you know both sides of the coin, mm-hmm. uh, and we really kind of relish the opportunity to help a company uh, grow and expand the voice. I, I really like the points that you mentioned because B2C, if someone has done B2C, someone has done B2B and now they want to switch and or move to the different direction as well, or maybe simultaneously work in different directions. So yeah, if if you have the data from one section, yeah, you can, you can leverage that. Not completely, but at least there's going to be some indicators. Even if, exactly. if B2C to B2B, you're ta- you're you're basically dealing with people. So yes. 
just a perspective changes. Uh, how can someone measure the success of the emotional branding efforts? Like, is there any way to measure that? I know it's it's going to be hard. Uh, it, it is it is hard. It is not impossible. Um, and it's not from our point of view. It's not about a hard number. Mm -hmm. It is about how whatever metrics you're using, uh, everything from surveys to uh, you know uh, to um, uh, web metrics to social metrics, uh, how those numbers, how those metrics grow and change over time, mm -hmm. right? Um, there is no hard and fast rule where you go, well, this this number means uh, that your brand is established. This number means that um, you know your uh, brand is on solid footing. Mm. It's, it's never the case. It's always changing. It's always evolving. Uh, that's the great thing about industry. It is, you know, uh, you think you're, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing well now. You can always do better in the future, mm. right? True. And it is always about maintaining and growing. So having really good uh, baseline metrics, right, across a wide variety of mediums uh, and touch points, and then seeing how those numbers change over time mm -hmm. uh, really kind of gives you a honest picture of if you as a marketer, if you are a PR person, if you are a you know CMO, uh, if you're doing the job. I've also seen and I've also tested a few of the products. And you know, like there are many brand monitoring tools out there. Mm -hmm. Someone is using their, their name, things like that. Do you think yep. like those actually are making some positive impact uh, to what the companies are doing, or maybe that's going to be a helpful indicator of companies moving in that positive direction. Like, can this be a, one of the KPI to measure that emotional branding is working or whatever campaign is being run yes. by the company? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the more numbers you have, the better sense of what, if you're capturing the attention of the audience, mm. right? Um, there's, uh, you know, you can never get enough, uh, analytics on what you're doing and, um, having as many numbers as you can allows you to no, no one number captures everything. True. It's all a little snapshot of a moment in time, uh, based on who's participating, uh, based off of the news cycle, based off of, you know, a hundred different factors and, um, you know, having that one snapshot is great, but it never fully captures the full picture. And mm -hmm. um, having a, a dashboard or having tools that allow you to capture bits of information along the way, seeing how those numbers change is, uh, I think, a better representation of your overall efforts. Mm -hmm. True, true. And you've also touched to the point of, technical aspects, emotional. So I want I want to ask you like if this is possible, if you can share more how technical and emotional stimuli can be used like for brand identity, how, how this can be used or how you have used but in your experience. Sure. I think you always want to have a connection to the audience that is beyond just the intellectual. Mm. Right? Uh having the intellectual connection is crucial because it gives you um, credibility. It gives you uh, 
you know, a, a good foundation to stand on to um, say what you're going to say about your brand or your technology. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we have to always recognize that the, that who you're talking to are people, right? Mm-hmm. And if the people don't like you, they're not going to use you, mm-hmm. right? And so you need that emotional connection to um, really build a bond, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, one of the things that, you know, we work with a lot of tech companies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, big tech companies like the uh, Oracles and the Logitechs uh, mm-hmm. and the Intuits of the world, mm-hmm. uh, as well as very small startup companies that are, you know, 10 people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that we've noticed over the last couple of years is a movement towards a certain style of branding found in um, um, startups, especially in tech startups, mm-hmm. which is this very cool, um, um, illustrative, um, usually monochromatic style of graphics. And you see it a lot in on the websites. I think it, it kind of harkens to this kind of cool tech feel that a lot of companies want to emulate because it feels, you know, it feels tech, it feels new age, it feels contemporary. Uh, but I always, when I see that and I talk to, um, you know, smaller companies that have thought to this, I always kind of want to talk to them about how they are connecting to their audience. There is an actual person on the other side of the screen that's going to make a decision whether they're going to adopt your technology or not, right? Mm -hmm. And if they don't see themselves in your, you know, cool color palettes and your illustrative style, um, if they don't see themselves in that, then that's a barrier for them to... um, you know, give you a call, share your information, and uh, you know, e- even sign up for a demo, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's always very important, and I feel it's crucial to um, you know recognize the humanity in your audience as well as you know have a little bit of fun. Currently, we're building a um, campaign for a. Uh, an audio company and they, you know, we want to make sure that the headlines, the benefit statements, their brands, their visuals, all are fun are uh, maybe put a little smile on someone's face while they're reading it Mm -hmm. um, and kind of warm up something that is on on one level, um, you know, a technology component, but uh, that technology affects real people. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the real people part is communicated in everything that we do. Yeah, I, I can relate with that. I think that startup companies, Intercom in the SaaS sector, Intercom started with a little bit of illustrations. Then Notion came. Notion has all kind of illustrations on their website and most of the product has illustrations in, in many areas. Um, I can relate with, with you there because not all the people are into like cartoons like illustrations not yeah. not not everyone can relate there everyone can relate with the person on the other side if the photo is that i can 
totally kind of agree with that approach. I'm I'm also yeah. more more of a visual person. So we talked about logos. We talked about colors. So we talked about now we are talking about visuals, so symbols, and mm-hmm. photos, images are like as you said, essential component of branding. What should we keep in mind during the ideation and the creation stage for these? Uh, you mentioned this is better than the illustration, but what can we think or what should we have in these images? Person smiling or actual action happening? What, like, do you have any process in place that's going to like actually make the person, okay, this is, this is now happening, but this is what I can envision myself doing after using this product, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the key is seeing yourself using the product, mm-hmm. right? If you can't see yourself using the product, you know, then uh, there is a barrier, an unneeded barrier. It's a barrier that can be crossed using, you know, visuals, using design, using the right language, using the right colors. You want to lower that barrier to entry so that people can visualize themselves uh, and how your product is uh, serving a purpose. I know like you, you talk about the fascinating effect of uh, this, the combination of both. So is there, can, can you shed like a little bit more light into this? Like what is that effect? Visuals, there, there's a whole, you know, science behind visuals that we uh, are very cognizant of while we're doing our brand exercises. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we want to um, show a wide variety of cases. We want to show a wide variety of uses of uh, of types of people, of um, of how that um, service or product is affecting people's lives. Um, it is, to, again, to visualize the use of that product, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the better, you know, and, and you know, it, it's combination of photos mm-hmm. as a combination of uh, graphics that goes along with the photos, as well as just the, the design of it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think people underestimate the um, the graphic design slash UI UX components mm-hmm. of these experiences. If your product in terms of how it's presented is difficult for people to absorb. That again is another barrier for adoption, right? So, for example, um, if the UI UX isn't compatible with what you are trying to communicate, then it it's a reflection on your product, right? Even mm-hmm. though your product has may have nothing to do with UI UX of your website, it's part of the overall uh, customer experience. Um, that builds that kind of brand promise, right? If your brand promise is that your product is, you know, makes your life easier and, you know, solves these problems, but your customer experience isn't running in parallel to that, Mm -hmm. then, you know, somewhere along the line, you are breaking your own brand promise. Difficulty level, I want to say that. You you mentioned about the, if the product is not intuitive or like mm-hmm. whatever the like UX is complicated, I've seen some of the companies doing this very cleverly. Um, I've seen companies 
yes, a product is complicated because it's it's having too many functionalities uh, because it's massive in scale, yep. um, not specifically focused on a particular niche of people. So it can cater to different industry. That's why the product is complicated. I'm going to give you an example of um, like the, the sophisticated CRM systems like Salesforce, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to talk about the marketing activities of what Salesforce is doing, but I've seen other companies like actually making joke of themselves. Uh, yes, it is complicated, but we're going to ha- help you on the way and like using, using like basically polished language at different places. Yes, it is complicated, but they're, they're telling that it's going to be complicated process, but we will be helping you out all across the uh, uh, process and it's going to be easier for you. We will help you yes. out. This is going to be so, yeah, I, I think it can be used in different um, aspects as well. As I just mentioned you, like, Mm-hmm. either you're going to let the person decide yeah, it's complicated I'm not going to use it either you be upfront and let the person know yeah this is going to be a journey for you yep. uh, you you would have to spend a little bit of time or maybe extra time to understand the product first before start making use of it for your own company like, you know like CRM systems most of the times are if you want to go with the sophisticated ones like those are complicated so learning curve is there yeah, absolutely. I think I think I'll, I'll give you another example. Yeah. So we work with a lot of uh, medical and manufacturing companies. Mm-hmm. So you know we like they're manufacturing like giant, you know, multi-million dollar CT scan uh, mm-hmm. technology that's being you know installed in hospitals, for example, mm-hmm. and super complex system does so many wonderful things. You know, you need technicians to use it. You have technicians to come in to maintain it, you know. Yeah. But we want to create an environment uh, for the audience that makes that lowers amount of stress, mm. right? Uh, so the, the you know, UI, UX of the tool, we need to keep it super clean, easy to use uh, so that people can understand their place in how they are using the the equipment, um, the um, the sales materials need to be super easy to use, super clean. Um, mm-hmm. So that is kind of recognizing the complexity of the of the uh, of the thing that you are helping promote, but mm-hmm. also creating an environment and a brand that supports the idea that um, it is accessible to people and it is uh, uh, recognizing the uh, the audience is recognizing um, why people are using this mm-hmm. uh, and kind of, again lowering the barrier to entry so that people can envis- envision themselves um, having one of these things for themselves or something for example yeah. Yeah. So you, you touched about the emotional connection here. So, and you said it can be used of like one of a kind, like inbound marketing activities. Mm-hmm. Someone is coming, like case studies is going to be there, maybe videos, people talking about, yeah, I use this product. You can use this as well. Like it's easy, a te- kind of a testimonial. So it's about emotional connection. What about like out outbound kind of marketing? You're going out yep with the emotional aspect in mind like emotional branding in mind yep. um any any ideas um maybe like how companies or businesses can approach uh emotional branding or can 
basically combine emotional branding into their marketing activities? Like, is there any way? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think through, again, through design, through, uh, um, you know, headlines, benefit statements, through taglines, through visuals, you can express this kind of emotional part of your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, throughout our history, we worked with a lot of founders that have a technical background, mm-hmm. whether they are engineers, whether they are developers, whether they are food experts or, or whatever. Um, they are the founders of the company. And a lot of their branding, the brand is a reflection of the founder's original vision, mm-hmm. which is great. It gives them a lot of credibility uh, because their technology or their engineering is sound. Um, and, but it tends to be very factual, tends to be very straightforward, which works to a certain level. And it, it works very well, especially if you're trying to establish your company as a uh, voice in the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. But as every brand uh, matures uh, in the marketplace and your audience matures and your audience expands, creating that emotional connection is critical to taking your brand kind of to the next level and expanding your audience beyond the people that are, you know, very technology uh, oriented. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we have wonderful people in a company, uh, you know, super highly creative people. Uh, and in fact, we may try to make sure that everybody participates. You know, everybody has a creative voice in the, in, in, um, helping our clients mold their brands, mold their voice, mold their visuals. Um, and we want to make sure that that voice has, you know, humanity to it. It mm-hmm. has, uh, um, you know, one, one of the kind of fun parts of our brand exercise is we equate uh, a client's brand to uh, usually to some type of celebrity, mm-hmm. right? Make make them a real person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that celebrity could be uh, fun and outgoing. It could be intellectual and serious. It could be. Uh, it doesn't have to be like a, a TV or a movie or or that kind of celebrity, mm-hmm. uh, but someone that is kind of well known that has a personality that matches our clients, uh, you know, outlook on their business. Mm-hmm. Right, and we really hold on to that vision of that brand, that person, that persona, and make sure that the um, if we're doing an outbound campaign, uh, you know, the ads that we are creating is in the voice of that celebrity or in that voice of that brand. Right, mm-hmm. it allows us to have a strong foundation uh, to everything that we write. You know, we'd write a headline and we go, would would our brand say this? Would they say it in this way? What is our brand trying to express with these words? Uh, these are all the questions that every good agency should be asking every step along the way. 
Mm-hmm. Making the other person feel something, like feel yeah. really something. Yeah, that they are also important. Like if they have that emotion, trigger that emotion. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. I I can keep on going, Nelson. Like <laughs> any, any any final thoughts that you would like to share with the person who is listening to this episode right now? I would just want to say that you know branding is a ongoing endeavor. It is mm-hmm. never a stationary thing. You know, when we do a brand exercise for our clients and we hand in, uh, you know, the final logo, brand guidelines, colors, typography, music treatment, etc. Mm-hmm. That is the start of the journey. Mm-hmm. That is step one in a marathon. And we want, like, if we, if we you know, don't work with them for a year, mm-hmm. right? And, and they come back to us. We want to see how your brand has evolved. Mm-hmm. And if your brand hasn't evolved, then there's something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Because a business is alive and your brand should live and breathe as your company grows and expands. And mm-hmm. we expect that things will change. We expect that um, you know uh, the company should adapt with their audience adapt with the industry um, and we hope that um, you know the 30 page brand guidelines that we handed in a year ago becomes 60 70 80 pages because they've learned new things that they that they've adapted to their brand guidelines mm-hmm. they've uh, uh, you know reached to new audiences uh, they've introduced new products and new lines and new line extensions that again evolve the brand, mm-hmm. and we hope that you know the brand um, materials that we deliver uh, continue to grow and expand. Okay, okay. Where can we learn more about you and your business if someone wants to get in touch? Uh, come to yorkandchapel.com. Okay. Short and sweet, huh? Yorkandchapel.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice and easy. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Nelson, for coming to the show. Right, This really means a lot. 